we are in the month of September, and uh, we start a new sermon series this month. And it's my pleasure today to introduce that series to you. And that sermon series is called Jesus in Psalms. So it's for the month of September, and in this month we have five weeks, so we have five lessons in this series. And in this uh, series of sermons, we are going to focus on Jesus through the songs uh, that we sing in worship. And it's good because then, firstly, we are able to focus on Jesus, learn more about him and our relationship with him, and also at the same time uh, be able to remember uh, the concepts and the biblical um, uh, truths about Jesus in these songs because we sing it a lot. Okay, so the first lesson in this series is from the song that we just sang. And it is going to be called right there, Let the Beauty of Jesus Be Seen. That is the first lesson in this series. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to just really, we're going to talk about the title. We're going to first talk about the beauty of Jesus and the fact that we need to allow it to be seen in us. Two things that we're going to talk about today, very straightforward. So first, let's talk about the beauty of Jesus. Why is Jesus attractive? So if I ask you today to think in your mind's eye what Jesus would look like, what would you think about? If you're like me, you'd think about the many portraits of Jesus that, uh, that portray him to have like a long, long flowing hair, the nice beard that's well trimmed, beautiful face, you know, piercing eyes, and nice flowing robes, right? But in the scripture reading that we just had today, that was read to us by Ray, we know and understand that it's probably not what Jesus looked like. Uh, if you look at Isaiah 53, this is our uh, scripture reading today, and focus in on verse 2. Isaiah gives us a picture of what Jesus was like. And remember, Isaiah wrote this about 700 years before Jesus was born. This is a prophecy about Jesus, and we know that this all came true. In verse 2, Isaiah tells us that Jesus grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. So, this right here, right off the bat, we see the status of Jesus growing up on earth, as he came to earth. We all understand that a tender shoot or a tender plant needs to grow out of nice, healthy soil. But a tender plant growing out of dry ground, that's not, that's not a good situation. That's not optimal. And we understand what God through Isaiah is telling us here that Jesus right off the bat was disadvantaged. So to speak, the odds were stacked against him in the fulfillment of his mission. Right? He was a tender shoot growing out of dry ground. In addition, Isaiah continues, he says, there's no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. He was not pretty. Just throwing it out there. He was not pretty. And in fact, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. So when Jesus uh, walked the earth, people would pass by him and they would not do a double take. Oh, oh, look, handsome guy. None of that. But why was Jesus attractive? Why do we say that he is beautiful? Well, obviously, it's not because of his status on earth. It's not because of his appearance but because of what he did. And in this particular text that we have in front of us, in Isaiah 53, verse 3, we see a picture of what it was like for him on earth. 
He was despised and rejected by mankind. He was the man of suffering. He knew pain. He was despised and people did not respect him. The honor that was due him, a son of God, was not bestowed upon him. He was despised and afflicted. He suffered. And uh, our text, uh, our, our song this morning uh, tells, tells us that in the beginning lines. It says that here, the song that we just sang. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, all his wonderful passion and purity. This song was written in the early 1900s. And when we see the word passion, especially when we talk about the passion of Jesus or the passion of Christ, we understand that this word passion was from the Latin word that, that means suffering. His sacrifice. The beauty of Jesus is seen in his sacrifice and his purity. And we all understand the type of sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. And just so really we understand it, I just want to make a point. The sacrifice that Jesus went through was definitely, if we can summarize it in one word, it's excruciating. Now think of the, think of things that, that, that you have felt and you have experienced that were excruciating. Can you guys think? Well, you don't have to answer in chorus. Just think about it in your head. Can you think of any excruciating pain that you've experienced in your life? Now, what I can give you right off the bat here is something that I did not experience but witnessed. See, I was in the same room as my wife when she was giving birth to three of my kids. And I could call that excruciating. I couldn't even look at her many times. I would be looking at the wall because I couldn't stand it. And I was not even experiencing it. Now, Jesus knows exactly what excruciating means. And then some. You know where we got that word from? The, look at that. That word excruciating is from the word crucify. So the next time we see this word, use it or come across it, I encourage all of us to think about Jesus the crucified. Because this is what he was known for in the world. This is why he is attractive. This is why he is beautiful. Because of his sacrifice on the cross. We are here today because of that sacrifice on the cross. We call him Lord and Savior because of his sacrifice on the cross. You know, every Sunday we come here and we sing songs. And we have children's songs. Like one, one song we sing is a children's song, right? Today, Glenn led that song called um, Jesus Loves Me. This I know. You guys remember that it actually comes with actions, right? Do you guys know what the action is? The American Sign Language is for Jesus. See, I see you guys. You guys are doing this. So the first line goes, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Do you guys see what Jesus was? Jesus. Jesus loves me. Do you know why? We all know why. Because of his crucified hands on the cross. And you know what the Bible, Bible is? Bible is like this. Jesus' book. Jesus was crucified. And we all understand it. We all know it. The world knows it. This is why Isaiah says in his prophecy in chapter 53, verse 5, 
but he was pierced for our transgressions. Remember, 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah said this. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Now, if the question was, well, why is Jesus beautiful? Why is he attractive? Well, we can summarize that by going to a Bible verse that I'm going to show you in a second here that summarizes what he did on earth. He was attractive. He was beautiful because of, the, because of what he did on earth. And Mark chapter 10, verse 45, summarized his life on earth that makes him beautiful. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why is Jesus attractive? Because he gave, because he served, and he gave. He served and he gave. And that's the beauty of Jesus. Now, how do we let that beauty be seen in us? First, before we ask the how, let's, let's ask why. Why do we need to listen to this? Why do we need to really put this at the forefront of our minds today? Well, the first reason is we are disciples of Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we do what he do. We do what he does. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Jesus says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. We want to be like Jesus. That's why we're talking about this. And this is exactly the purpose of God in us. We become Christians because it is God's will for us to become like Jesus. Look at Romans 8.29. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We all understand that Jesus doesn't mean we want to look like Jesus in the flesh. Like we don't want to look like him to have a beard and long hair. I don't even know. We don't even know if he looked like that in real life. Not physically, but his heart. And his work. That is what we need to be in Jesus. And uh, when we do that, this becomes true. John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And these works are important. Because in Matthew 5, 16, we read, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works. And give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Why do we let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us? Essentially and ultimately to give glory to our Father in heaven. That's the why. But let's talk about the how. Our song today tells us how. And it's really, it's, it's amazing. It's good. Look at this line here. We, we, we saw the first two lines already. Now let's focus on the third and the fourth line and on the screen. May his spirit divine, all my being refine, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. How do we let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, in you? Look at the third verse there. We should let his spirit divine, his Holy Spirit, we should let the Holy Spirit refine all my being. I'm going to say that again. How do we let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me? I need to let the Holy Spirit, I need to allow him to refine all my being, everything that is me. Now, that is sometimes tough, and it's tough 
if we live in the flesh. If we are still in the flesh, that's going to be difficult to do. But if we allow ourselves to live with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then we can do this. And Paul talks about that as he contrasts flesh and spirit in Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. If I live in the flesh, I will do whatever I want to do. Forget what the Spirit says, I will do whatever that is I think is correct. But if I live in the Spirit, I will allow the Spirit to do his work in me. Paul continues in verses 6 and 7. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Paul says that if I live in the flesh, what I'm dealing with is just death. Why? Because I will be hostile to God and I will not respect his commands, his laws. But if I live in the Spirit, all I'm going to be dealing with is life and peace. Because I will be one with God, I will be in fellowship with God, I will submit to him and his commands. Now look at verses 8 and 9. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. I love these two last verses for a few reasons. Why? One is because, again, Paul tells us that if we're in the flesh, we can't please God. It's only in the Spirit that we can please Him. If we have uh, the Spirit of God, then truly we will not live in the flesh. And the second reason why I love this is because Paul gives us an indication that the Holy Spirit, when he says Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the exact same thing as the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is the exact same thing as the Spirit of Christ. No Holy Spirit, we do not belong to Jesus. And if we do not belong to Jesus, how in the world can we let his beauty be seen in us? How in the world can we let his beauty be seen in us so that we can praise and honor and magnify and glorify our Father in heaven? We need to be in the Spirit to let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. And when we do that, the rest of the song that we're talking about this morning makes sense. Because if we're in the Spirit... We are going to let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us, especially when, we, when our burden is heavy and is hard to bear. When our neighbors refuse all our load to share. When we're feeling so blue and we don't know what to do. When we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, we are going to let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us when somebody has been unkind to us. When they say words that pierces us through and through. When we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, then we will always remember 
the passion of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus that makes him beautiful. He was beguiled, spot upon, reviled. And finally, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, the beauty of Jesus will be demonstrated in our lives every day, from the dawn of the morning to the close of day, in our examples, not only in words, but in deeds. We will lay our gifts at his feet, and we will ever strive to keep sweet. I love this series because then we really will, will, will pay attention to the words. The next time we sing this song, I hope that that's what we do. We focus on the words and we sing it with confidence and with conviction. Because you know one of the ways that we can lie? It's when we sing songs of praise to God and then we sing it and then we're not doing what, it's, what we're singing. I hope the next time that we sing this song, we really pay attention and we apply it in our lives today. Now, what I'm going to do as I close here, is I just want to make it really, I want, I want us to leave this place understanding what it is like today to let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. And we understand that Jesus is beautiful because of what he has done for us here on earth. In Mark 10:45 we said that Jesus served and he gave. We need to serve and we need to give. That sacrifice needs to be in what we do in this life. And in that way people will see the beauty of Jesus in us. Now how do we do this? Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a simple story. It's a really simple story about a young boy and his mother. And as I tell the story, I want, you, I want us to really re- understand that this story will serve to um, give us a different perspective on serving and giving. Because sometimes we look at this and we think, oh, it's burdensome. I don't want to do this. It's, it's a lot of sacrifice. It's inconvenient. But hopefully this, this story will help. So I heard the story a while back. It's about a boy who saw his mother at, at their dining table writing checks. So the boy approached his mother and asked his mother, Mom, what are you doing? Mother said, well, I'm paying bills. I am writing checks to these individuals, you know, that gave us the bills for services and utilities that they have provided to us in exchange for money. So after that conversation with uh, his mom, the boy had an excellent idea. Like he, he had an idea. He started working so hard around the house. Okay, you know, you know where this is going, right? He worked so hard around the house for that whole day. And after the day was done, you know what he did? He got a piece of paper and he wrote a bill <laughs> to his mother. And you guys, you know, all the, the, the kids here are probably looking at them. See, see what, see, you have to pay me for my services, mom. So, <laughs> the, the boy wrote a bill and put it on the table so that his mom would see. And on the bill, on the piece of paper, was this bill. And then he itemized some of the things that he did for a cost, for a price. So first, he said, taking out the trash, five bucks. Doing the dishes, ten bucks. Cleaning up my room, ten bucks. I would have put $25 on that, but ten bucks, that's what he wrote on the sheet of paper. And on that sheet of paper, what he called the bill, he, he wrote like, like a sum total at the bottom. 
the total money that his mother owes him. So total amount due, 25 bucks. So the mom sees this, and right away she produced the $25 in cash on that same day and gave it to the son. Fast forward to the next day, though. Boy woke up, and he saw something that was pushed under his door. And it was the exact same. It was a bill. Okay? The mother wrote a bill for him. The parents are having a heyday right now. Oh, yeah, this is... Kids, this is what, this is what you need to see. The kids, get, bring them from the classes. Have, have them sit here so that they can see the bill. Right? So the mother wrote the same thing. His, her services and the price. Okay? So number one, cooking for you every day that you've been alive. Ten grand. You probably get, well, that's cheap. Yeah, you, you know, the boy is actually getting a deal out of this, right? Number two, all the clothes you've ever worn, five, five, $5,000. That's actually small. I would say $10,000 as well. Maybe this mother got, got the clothes from, I don't know, from thrifties or from once upon a child or something. I don't know. So number three, changing all of your diapers and cleaning up after you your entire childhood. $20,000. I would have put 50k at least on this one. Because some of that stuff you cannot unsee, you cannot undo. Right? $20,000. But just the same, the mother also had a bottom line, a total amount due. Just like that. But her bill was different from his bill. Because her bill, the total amount due, was $0. And just like any other bill that you receive in the mail, it has like fine print, right? There's an asterisk. See that asterisk right there? I don't know if you can see it right there. There's an asterisk. And the asterisk is to explain to the boy why it's zero dollars. And the asterisk said, paid in full by the love you show me every day. Now, this is a simple story. Okay? This is a simple story. And I want us to really understand this simple story in light of what we're talking about this morning. Showing the beauty of Jesus in our lives by our service and our giving. Why do we give? You know, the boy can never repay this. It's the same thing with us. We can never, when we serve and when we give, it's not to repay God for what he's done for us. We can't do that. But why do we do it? Not because we have to, not out of necessity, but because we want to. Out of gratitude. Because we are thankful. Just like the boy. He would have washed those dishes, cleaned his room, took out the garbage, and whatever chores he needed to do, because he is grateful for what his mother has done for him. Jesus died for us on the cross. That means that we don't have to worry about literally perishing in the eternity. That is the most wonderful thing about being a Christian. And that is the hope that we have in this life. 
It doesn't matter what happens to us in this life. We are heaven bound. That is the message of Paul to the Christians. We are heaven bound. And our faith is our response to that grace. Let us be thankful to God and let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. Today, if you have not had the Spirit of Christ in you, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 that we do not have Christ in us. At this time, you have the opportunity to come forward to receive Jesus through the waters of baptism as we stand and sing the song of invitation.